let's all shout. Let's sing that verse again. When we walk through life's darkest valleys, we will look back at all you have done. We will shout, our God is good, and He is. Let's sing that one more time. together heavenly father we thank you this morning lord singing this song 
Lord, it's more than a song. It's something from our heart. Lord, we remember you, O oh Father. And Father, you remember us, and we're grateful that you have not left us, and you have kept an eye upon us, Lord, even in the dark moments, even in the times when we didn't see you. But Lord, you are the faithful one. And we thank you today, and we give you glory, and we give you praise. Thank you for this gathering this morning. Thank you that we can come around the Word of God. And Lord, we want to invite you this morning. Father, we invite you to every pew, to every one, to every heart. And we ask, oh God, that you would minister to us and that you would open our hearts, Lord, that we can receive that which you were desiring to implant and embed within us. Father, as we've come together this morning, we're asking, oh God, that you'd forgive us our shortcomings. Anything that we may have said or done that was displeasing, for Lord, not one of us, oh God, can be accounted worthy in ourself. Our worthiness, Lord, is in the blood of the Lamb. So, Lord, this morning we take our identification within you. You alone are our righteousness. You alone, O oh Lord, are our song. You alone are everything, O oh God. And we're inviting you to take this service into your control. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Commit those that may be listening in, those that are sick and that are not feeling well. Lord, we remember, O oh God, each and every one. Pray now that you'll take us in your hands. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's all the singing we'll do. We're just going to take you directly to the Word this morning. I invite you to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2. This is the first weekend of the new year. It's also Christmas Eve if you're Ukrainian. <laughs> and I'm not going to say uh, Merry Christmas in Ukrainian. Don't worry about that. Amen. We have a number um, that are traveling home shortly that we're at the camp in Belgium. I had a chance to look in at some of the services and we saw... Brother Max there, we saw, uh, you know, the good thing about a camp that's streamed is the parents can look in and see what their kids are doing. And uh, so we saw some of our young people and happy to see them and some participated in music and song and God, God bless each and every one that was there. Also the others that came back from the camp at Michigan, just good to be together again and uh, good to be here as winter comes upon us. And uh, it's, it's coming in a greater way. So let's just read from Luke chapter 2. We'll start reading from verse 41. <clears throat> now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned... The child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, 
they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Now this is actually an amazing part of Scripture because the human part of Mary kicks in. But this was not her son. She was just the incubator. And, 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 and so she's seeing it, but Jesus was the Word. And the Word corrects the error. So he says in verse 49, And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist you not that I must be about my father's business? Now he wasn't speaking about the carpentry business either. He wasn't speaking about Joseph because Joseph was not his father. And he was speaking about a heavenly father. I need to be about his business. And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. God bless, his, God bless his word. You may have your seats. I also just maybe want to say we have um, some meetings that are being planned in, in, in the new year here. And so two weeks from today, um, January 21st, we're going to have Brother Doug Baker from Tucson. He'll be ministering on two Sunday, the Sunday services. In the month of February, we're going to have Brother Jack Wallach from Poland. He will be here uh, in February 25th on the Sunday services as well. We're going to be connecting with him also on some missionary endeavors and things as such. And um, the Lord willing, tonight we'll also have a special speaker. Brother Stephen Dodd is still here, so we'll have Brother Stephen speak for us again. He's here doing some work for his father-in-law, and uh, so while he's here, he can also work for his father, <laughs> right, because he's got to be about his father's business, so we want him to, he was a blessing to us, and we just pray that God will use him again. I want to also turn, as I, I take the thought of Luke chapter 2, I'm going to invite you to go over to John chapter 9. And I want to speak on the subject of the Father's business, and I'm going to call this the present state of the Father's business. And uh, I want to take this as, as maybe a thought for New Year's. When we come to New Year's, we, we seem to cross different lines, different milestones, and it's good to be reminded, to be refreshed, to be reset, to be able to look where we came from, remembering where we came from, but also taking what we've had and projecting that forward. 
So we want to do that. Let's read John chapter 9, and we'll just read the, this little portion. And this is in, in the vein of the Father's business. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man that was blind from his birth, and his disciple asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God may be made manifest in him. Now, if we can catch the context of that, here's a man that was born into a predicament, into a situation, and, and we could take time and go through all the circumstances that were part and parcel of that, but those circumstances were all there that the glory of God, that the works of God should be manifest in him. Now, that's good to remember when you're going through something. Say, this, this God knew where I'd be today. He knew the circumstances. And he's able to work my situation to his glory and to his honor. Now, the same God that had Israel cross the Jordan River at the highest time that the water was there, he made a way for them. The same God that is calling a bride to perfection in the worst and the most evil age is able to make it work for his glory. And no matter where we are today, that's what we need to see. We need to see the promise of God. So let's just continue this thought in verse 4. Now as Jesus is using that, he's now identifying the present state of what he's doing which is, I must work the works of him that sent me. Now, I, 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 I'm going to just dwell a little bit. I, I really have much more than I can take in a service, so I'm, I'm going to go as far as I can go, and I'm going to pick it up again. But I must work the works of him that sent me. Now, I, I, if, if we can establish our calling, there are influences in our life. There are, are, are people that God has used. But the source, we need to see the source. And the source is God. And the, and the voice that you hear today is not just my voice, but you want to hear the Heavenly Father's voice. That's the same voice you'll hear in your prayer closet. That's the same voice you'll hear when you get into a message or when, you, when you're in the middle of a night season. That's the voice that we need to be tuned to. That's the voice we need to be hearing continually. Let's, let's, not, let's not take what Satan's tactic is. Well, this man's opinion is this way. This is this way. Let's hear one voice. Let's hear the voice of God. Now it comes in many forms, but it's a voice that's personal and you need to recognize when he's speaking to you. We, we can have a dialogue about what the service is about, about this morning. We can all meet out there and we can say, well, Brother Ed took these scriptures and this and this and, and take this dialogue. But deeper than all of that is, now the question is, what are you saying to me what is my place in the middle of all of this? Now, Jesus is, is focused. Now, remember, when he came to earth, he said, I do nothing except the Father show me first. So there was a connection, the same connection Adam had from the Garden of Eden. I do nothing 
but I'm in tune with somebody that leads me, that speaks to me, that I, that I understand. Are, are, we, are we moving in the same channel this morning? So Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. Now he brings it into the season. While it is day. So there's daylight. There's, there's a light that we can work under. But the night cometh when no man can work. Now I, 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 I will just say, we are coming closer and closer to a showdown. There was a show, there's been three showdowns in the Bible. There was a Mount Carmel showdown. There was a Mount Transfiguration showdown. And there's a showdown of Mount Zion. There's a showdown that even the bride is coming to. A showdown between the denominations, not just the denominations, but the denominational thinking that can even come into our midst. And, and not just, well, what does the church do and what's the doctrine of the church? No, it's a much deeper, a much higher call where it's God and his bride, where the secrets of the message is to be about the Father's business, is to have a direct connection. How can the supernatural be known? We have to have some place where something, we speak to something and something speaks back to us. And, we, and it's, it's, it's becoming very personal. It, it's not just looking at who's next to me and what they're doing. Okay, they're raising my hands. I'll raise my hand. No, it's got, it's got to be deeper than that. It's got to be, Lord, what you are doing to me, and I'm a love slave and a prisoner to you and to no other. Oh, God, let us, let us move into this place. So he says, for the night cometh, when no man can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, if I can just drop this in, and not that I'll get to it today, but there is also a light in the world today. And the bride is a reflector of the true light of God. As the moon reflects the sun, in the absence of the sun, so does the bride reflect the sun in the absence of his being. So it's not our own light, it's his light that we're under today. So we're, we're taking that thought. Now let's just go over to First Thessalonians chapter 5, and these will be the main scriptures for the basis of where we go today. <clears throat> First Thessalonians 5, verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, I, I will say, the world is being wound up into something. It's being wired to something. It, is there something being ingrained into the world that is a common voice, a common thought process, a common narrative? Uh, there's a channel that they're moving in. But I will say that is not the channel that we are moving in. Now, we can be in the middle of all of these things, but I'm asking this morning, what is moving you? 
What is, what are you being wired to? What are, what, what is, what is drawing you? What is compelling you? What is, what is, what is attracting you? Because, they, we, listen, not one of us are immune to the things of the world, myself included, or anyone that's the most spiritual. There are millions of things, if I'll say literally, millions of things that can attract you. And I'm not saying to engage in them is wrong, but to be, to be brought in them to a level where you're missing the real kernel of it, that is a dangerous place to be. And, I, and I'll, I'll, this really won't be ministered in today's service only, but I've got some things I'm going to be putting on PowerPoint in, in a future service, so just stay with me today as we take an overall for where we're going. The day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night, for when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child. Now, a woman that has a child, and when she starts having birth pains, hey, there's no escape. Hey, the only way to have escape is to give birth to the baby. So, it, you're, you're, just think about how the Bible is bringing this but it said, as sudden destruction as travail on a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Neither let us now, now not sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, Sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the day. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. Now, that's, that'll be the scriptures, the primary scriptures. So we're calling this, Brother Branham would speak a message, the present state of my ministry. It was in 1962, and maybe as a prophet he was bemoaning where he was at, but really... The message is so much greater than just the prophet. It has been ordained of God. And if, and if we can say it, the parallels of, of the messenger in this last day parallel exactly the parallels of, of the messenger in the, of, of Jesus Christ when he was on earth. There was a first pull that, was, that, that caused a great attraction. There was a second pull that was really supernatural that, that brought another. But there was a third pull that actually caused a decline. And the prophet had come through a first and second pull in his ministry, but now he was in a third pull, and he was seeing that there was a decline, that even under the first and second pull, which, by the way, can be replicated, but the third pull cannot be. It is a secret thing. It's a secret work of God and the Father. And so he would, he would be coming to this place and, and he was wondering why there's a drop-off, why there's these things. And even right down to the end of 1962, as he comes to it and he's preaching the countdown messenger, he's preaching the countdown message, and then he's preaching what time is it, sirs, asking the question, where are we at in time? And he's, he's even wondering, is it the end of my ministry? Is it the end of what I'm doing? He doesn't know where he's at. But he, he didn't realize that, that the, beat, the beat of the symphony had come to a place where it had to hit a lower crescendo before it took off again. 
And that's what happened. And that crescendo began to take off. And he says, no, go westward. It's the beginning of your new ministry. And friend, that's the ministry we really are under today. That's the secret of the message. These other things are still there, but the secret of the message is found under that. And I don't know about you, but you know, we, we come into a new year, and sometimes we have a measure of hope. And you know, we think, oh, it'll turn out better than last year. And you know, and, but then there's also the unknown. What's the new year going to bring? We don't understand. There's situations. And if we focus on the world and the world problems and the world issues, I'll say what, there's not a lot of hope there. It's probably more like hopelessness. And it is, it is despair. It's dread. That's, that's what the world is. And the Bible would say men's hearts are failing for fear, for the things that are coming, for the fear of the things that are coming. I mean, that's, that's what's happening in the world today. So, you know, if, if we take every year, we come to this sort of beginning of the year, we, we kind of project what's ahead, maybe goals, ideas, aspirations, but we really don't know. And by the time we get halfway through the year, we realize, man, we, we didn't figure on half of these things coming. I didn't sign up for this. And, and, but we're here. But nonetheless is, I know who holds tomorrow. And I know I'm in his hands. And I know he'll not leave us defenseless. So we don't, we don't, we don't despair as the world. You know, we might go through struggle. struggle we might have trouble speaking. <laughs> we might struggle. And we might have trouble. There, that'll get that out. And, and we might have things. But, but these things are, are, are in, contained within the hands of our Heavenly Father. And, and he knows what he allows. He knows what brings, comes upon us. And he will not give us more than we can handle. And I'm grateful for those promises. So, as Brother Branham would speak, present stage of his ministry. I'm, I'm really taking present state of the Father's business. And as I was just putting a title, I had different titles and I had other ones. And then some brothers were taking some things from me. So I just said, forget it. I'm not going to take that one. And uh, at any rate... I took this one, and then I got to thinking about how, you know, come January, uh, America always has the president giving a speech, which is the, the present state of the union, present, presently where they're at. Like, this is where we've come, this is where we're going, and, and generally it's, it's accompanied by a lot of rah-rah, and you look at the speaker of the house behind you, you look at the vice president, and this is the state of the union, and by the time they come to the end of it and say, the state of the union is strong, and it's weaker than it's ever been before. But I can say, because under a prophet I can say, the move is on for the bride. And I can say we are moving closer than we've ever been before. And we are, are under the direct orders of the Holy Ghost. We are not just a defenseless trying to find our way. No, we are under the Father's marching orders. We are not here by ourselves. And I think we can have a degree of boldness. Listen, if I can change one thing this morning... I just want to take our mentality and let's just change how we engage this year. We are not a punching bag for the devil. We are here for the Heavenly Father. When I grew up, 
they had these, they had these inflatable blow-up punching bags as you'd get them for Christmas gifts. And you'd blow them up and, you know, you're little and you punch them, you punch them and then they go down and they come back and they come back upright and you hit them again. And finally you hit them with something sharp and the air deflates out of them. And then it's good, they're done. Listen, we are not a punching bag for the devil. We're not here to just wonder what he's going to do. The devil has no power over us. He is not part of our narrative. He might come, he might be around, but the one who's in control is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to see that as we move forward. Let's not take this, this slave mentality to everything. No, we are moving into adoption. We are moving into possessing our land. We are not just a cast-off. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we need to see that as we approach Him in prayer. So the State of the Union, we're going we're gonna to not talk about it that way, but we're talking about the State of the Father's business. Now let me just take a few things that are simple to start here, and then I'm going to get into a few things. You know, a business is an enterprising entity that carries a number of professional, this is sort of a dictionary meaning, carries a, a number of professional uh, goals of profit, established purposes, but it's an enterprising ed- entity. It can be as, sim- as simple as a one-man business. It can be a corporation. It can be a lot of different things. But that is the noun version. But to be in business is to be carrying out efforts and activities collectively to meet the intent of the organization that you're part of. So we've been called not just to, uh, well, a walk that we choose. We've been called to the Father's business. We've been not called to just what I choose and what I want. Now, now God has a part for every one of us. But it is under His great direction. Our Heavenly Father has a great business plan. Started before the foundation of the world. Before the first star was ever formed. Before Mars was ever formed. Before Pluto was ever formed. He had a thought in His mind. And the thought He had in His mind was a bride was someone that would meet him. You and I were in his mind then. We were always a part of him. That was a part of his business plan. And his business plan, and he had a great plan from that. And and he, for knowing all things, he also knew that in this plan certain events would happen. There would come a fall. There would come different things. So he actually wrote our names in a book. And our names were written not just in any book, but the Lamb's book. The Lamb's book from, that was slain before the foundation of the world. So in God's mind, He always knew that He Himself would come to earth and that He would project Himself. But he would do that with the thought of you and I in his mind. With all those names that were in the book. And he would have this plan and as the Bible would say he would foreknow, therefore he could predestinate. And he had in his plan, he wrote his first Bible in the stars. And in the Bible he would have Leo the lion and he would have 
the virgin, and he would have all the different things, and it was forelaying his plan. Known unto God are all his works from before the foundation of the, the earth. So, the, the, you know, the Bible would tell us in the book of Hebrews, the reason many missed it, because they didn't enter into rest. Rest is doing the Father's works, not doing our own works. Brother Branham, how come you don't build hospitals and schools? That's not part of the works of the Father. They're good things. But we're not here for that purpose. We're here for a higher purpose than that. And so he had all of these thoughts. And, and, and his first Bible, his purpose was established. His will, his mind. And, and then through the fall, it seemed that it looked like God's program was was broken and fragmented and, and Adam, his son, and Eve fell. And, and in fact, God's purpose will never be defeated. And, and what the enemy didn't realize was like he thought he'd won something, but he missed seeing things. He missed seeing how Adam would take the attributes of the father perfectly. And when his bride fell, he would step down and quickly take her to his side. He didn't see the attributes of God that were being expressed. In fact, the angels didn't even see it. Because hidden to them was the attributes of a savior, of a healer, of a comforter, of a redeemer. But these things had to be expressed. And it also had to be through the agency of free moral agency. It could not be just we were being pushed into something. And friends, this day we are not being pushed. We are being drawn. We are being pulled. We are being captivated. Uh, we, we are not here to say, you've got to do this, you've got to... That's not the message we are under. The message is the three pulls. It is not the pushes, it's the pulls. And you're being pulled into something. The cogs of God's economy move slowly. He sends a prophet. Now that prophet's been, been gone since 1965. And we are many years down the road. We're almost coming on, on, on 60 years since he's been gone. But the word that was planted, the word that was the prophecy where we're at, that's what we're seeing. I, I don't know about you, friends, but I see something. You know, if, if I would examine sort of the heartbeat of the world, there's a nervousness around the world that has never been before. There, there are... Just the last four months of this year, three months since October 7th, the, 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 what it's caused in the world and the uprising of the Palestinians and Israelis and, and their whole, which side are you on? And, and how that, that's just broken right into institutional organizations like Harvard and, and things like that. And it's exposed how this free speech and narrative is, is so wicked and education is literally of the devil. It is not of God. And I'm saying you need to use it. Use it for what God will do. But don't rely on it. Because there is, it's not just education anymore. It, it, is, it is becoming political in its narrative. It's becoming leaning in its way of going things. Listen, friends. When, when we started, when we started going to, to the digital world for finding answers... Listen, how many has, 
We used to have the white pages and the yellow pages, and the bigger the city got, the bigger the book got, and, and, and you got them, and, and you're looking through that book. Well, nobody uses that anymore. And then who, who can remember, you'd go and buy these maps, and you're driving, and you're just checking where you're going, and they're spread out across the windshield. And, you, and you, where are we? I don't know, but we're, we're somewhere here, and we're looking through it. Nobody looks at that anymore. Why? Under the digital world, it's all being projected for you. But what was an information-based uh, system of gathering data is changing. It is not just information anymore. Yes, you can find your way. Yes, you can go there. But now it's increasingly being politicized. It's, it's increasingly gaining a voice. You know, you, 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 you go and, you know, you GPS, well, near you, there's these restaurants, and there's this, and there's that. You know, and, and as you go and you search a number, you find different things. But now when you go on the internet and you search Google, certain things, you're, you're getting an agenda or a narrative that is increasingly political, and it's wiring the world, it's wiring us, if we're not careful, to a certain line of thinking. And we are not a part of this world. So be careful how you use it and how much you use it. I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. Well, while I'm here, I'll, I'll just stay with it for a moment. I did this little test the other day. And uh, they have this thing called artificial intelligence. And they have a little thing that's called um, Chat GP, GPT. Wow, what a crazy name that is. You're going to see it coming up. Microsoft's got a version called Copilot, and it's going to be coming up. And now, now you go, you know, you go to the internet, and you're going to look up something. Okay, I need to find good hotels in this travel destination. And so you would search through a number of websites. Well, now you just punch in, what are the hotels near here? And it automatically gathers the information and tells you about it and what's good about it. Tell me which one's better. Well, it's collecting all its data from somewhere. So I, I did a number of tests. I was showing a couple of brothers here this last week about how you can do different things with it. But I, just to make it simple, and I'm going to come back to this more because this is deeper than it, than it, than it seems like. And, and my point is, I'll come to the point in a moment. So I asked this thing, this, this machine, I says, prepare a casual morning greeting for my wife, Sandy. So it immediately, within seconds, spit out one paragraph. Now, I'm going to read it, but this is what it did for me. Good morning, my sunshine, Sandy. Wishing you a day as bright and beautiful as your smile. Coffee's brewing, and I can't wait to share a cozy morning with you. Love you lots. It's got emojis and hearts and coffee and all kinds of things with it. Now, if I would have come downstairs and shared that, my wife would have looked and said, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Why? Because that is not expressing what my heart is. Now, it does sometimes. Now, but... <laughs> But she knows that's not the narrative that I usually come. So I said, I, said, I said, prepare a casual greeting, okay? So I had to kind of tone it down. I said, prepare a heartfelt greeting to my wife, Sandy. 
that expresses my more conservative nature. So here's what it said. Good morning, my dearest Sandy. As the new day unfolds, I'm grateful for the warmth you bring to my life. Your presence is my study anchor, and I look forward to sharing this day with you. May it be filled with grace and love and simple joys. Wishing you a wonderful morning and a day that reflects the beauty of our shared journey. Love you always. Now, that sounds pretty good, but it didn't really come from my heart. It came from a narrative that, that the source, the source wasn't me. It wasn't really heartfelt, even though I asked it to be heartfelt. So then I went a step further. I said, prepare a greeting for my wife, Sandy, on the perspective of our, of our, from the perspective of our Christian relationship. Good morning, my beloved Sandy. <laughs> I welcome, as we welcome a new day, I am reminded of the blessings that our Christian relationship has brought into our lives. And it said, may this morning be filled with the peace that surpasses all understanding and the joy that comes from walking this spiritual journey together. As we navigate this day, let, us, let our love reflect the grace and compassion we find in our faith, praying for a day filled with God's guidance and abundant blessings. I love you dearly. Now listen, that's all really good. But we can, now to bring this just to where we are, I'll bring it back for a moment. I graduated from architecture in a time when we still did hand drawing. Okay, listen, that, that did happen, just so you know. But at the end of it, they had a little introductory computer course that talked about computer drawing. Well, I happened to get my first job with a firm that had, was really on the cutting edge of computer drawing, and I worked on that for three years, and I did it. And, and, and then, you know, I worked with that firm, and we did a, a real worked on a project that was curvilinear and, and had all kinds of things, couldn't have even been done by hand without a computer, did all of that. Well, I, when I finished that, I went back to work for a firm, and they still did hand drawing with a little bit of computers. And we had this old Englishman, bow tie and everything, and, and he, he was the, the principal of the firm. And when we moved from hand drawing to computer drawing, and we looked at it, and it was like crisp, and every letter was this, and everything was perfect, and his first comment to me was, it's missing a soul. That was his comment. And I'm going, that's exactly what this chat thing is doing. It's missing a soul. Now, how many remembers the serpent that was at the beginning is the serpent that will be at the end? So the serpent that was in the beginning was very much like a man, was upright like a man, even better than Adam was, and even had a place for a soul, but didn't have a soul. And I'm saying, what's coming on this world will look nice, will, will be very nice. And in fact, if you take the quote from the message, even the argument that comes, let us all be one, it sounds good in its narrative, but I'll tell you what, it is not coming from the source. And it doesn't have a soul. And all it's doing is drawing from the things of the world and the nature of the serpent. That's what's coming on us. It's coming in a greater way. Listen, you're, you're finding it, those of you that have got children in education, you're finding that you're being drawn into a particular narrative where a program, even I'm going to say, even Christian schools are having to drawn and being drawn into a political narrative. And so I say, 
Be careful how much you engage with these things. And now you say, well, that's the world. Thank God. Be careful. Don't get caught in the trap. Okay? What do you believe? Well, let me punch it in. Like, I showed this to my wife, by the way. And she goes, yeah, you're right. That wouldn't have been you. And, 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 and I, I said, I even asked it to prepare sermon notes for Sunday morning. I won't tell you what it did. But the last thing I want to be doing is entering into that channel because that channel is, looks so good, but it's still false. And I'm saying, friends, don't be caught unawares. Don't be caught in the trap of, well, that church is doing it. They're doing it. Those young people are doing it. Therefore, I can do it. That's reasoning. That is not engaged with the principal source. The principal source is Jesus Christ. You need to have a relationship with him personally. That was just a little infomercial for a future service. But I'm just saying, the world is changing. Not for the better. In fact, you're going to have to have some blinders on. Be aware of what's going on around you. Don't try and figure it out. There's way too much information. Listen, Eve was not required to know about everything that the tree of knowledge had. All she had to do was stay behind Adam. And this Eve will do the same thing. She will not step out from behind. Where that Eve fell from, this one will not deviate from. I don't want the world's opinion of the message. I don't even want people's opinion within the message of the message. I want what the Word says. I want what God makes real to my heart. I want Him to make it real to young people's hearts. Don't just take what Brother Ed says. Hey, that doesn't mean what I'm saying is wrong, but let God make it real to you. And when Brother Branham would say, don't take my word for it, he's saying, listen, he would say, don't just take, have long hair because I said so. Hey, let God make it real. What are we being wired to? Okay, I, I kind of did this slowly, but, but the wheels are moving slowly, but steadily in the world around us. But so is God's kingdom. The word that God spoke is forever settled in heaven and earth. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never, never pass away. Jesus would come, and in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a crisis, when it looked like everything is going wrong, he would just simply say, don't you know that the scriptures cannot be broken? What a rest. Let my rest be there. Let it be so wired. Let me be hearing a different sound than the world's hearing. And let me also hear when the symphony is changing its beat.
Now, these are just admonitions that I'm moving through a little bit here. Let me, let me just take, there's a couple of quotations I'll use just for a moment. When God came to earth, and I use this example when Jesus was 12. I use this example when he was healing a blind boy, but he was focused on something. So it would say here, Let me take it this way. Watch that 12-year-old boy being the word of the hour, the anointed Messiah. Friends, there's an anointing that we're coming under. When you pick up the message and you're listening to that voice, it is actually you're feeding your theophany. You are feeding your future home you are actually escaping the judgments that are on this world. And when you find yourself in there, you're, you're the same way Jesus became is the way we are becoming. He's saying, the word corrects the error. See the supernatural and a 12-year-old child. I do not think Jesus understood what he said. This is amazing. But he was the word, and the word corrects the error. The same word, I got, I got to bring this quote. It was, it was amazing to me when I came across it here. But he says, now, you might be sick. You might have a stomach trouble, a headache, or something like that. God is here to, take, to do that. See, it's not God. He's here to do it. The word is real. If you could just lay a hold of it and say, that's the truth. Now, listen to these next words. That's the reason you were saved so much easier. That's the reason you're healed. Because you were elected before the foundation of the world. In other words, there's something already in you that is here to receive what God is, is, is bringing to you. And as Brother Brandon would preach the message, the oddball, he would say, he would say that, that you couldn't fit certain things, but you could only fit the part that you were wired for. Now he says this, your name was put on the Lamb's book of life and that strain as a son and daughter of God still hold on you. You were out on sin. You were scratching your head. You were saying, I know I ought to do it. It was already with you when you were in sin. It was with you in the home you grew up in. It was with you when you couldn't participate or swallow the doctrine somebody gave you. Oh, friends, if that isn't predestination, if that isn't the strain of sons and daughters of God, what is it? We're moving beyond the punching bag mentality. That was actually another title I thought I'd use, but I didn't. I, I believe that we could recognize that strain has an inheritance for me. 
That strain has a life for me beyond, but it also has a place for me in these last closing days of time. Because there's one group of people that Satan cannot get his hold on. That is the bride of Jesus Christ. She is wired to something different. She ignores what he says. It has no effect on her. And, and I believe if we would find ourselves so in the pages of the Bible. Listen. The devil would like you to think he can do anything to you. No, he can't. The only way he can do anything to you is for you to first listen to him, to allow him in, and only then does he have any power over you. But as long as he doesn't have that, he has no control over you. And you need to kick him out the door right now. Kick him out of your thought life. Kick him out of your habits. Kick him out of the things that have dragged you down. And you're going to find yourself moving in a higher cycle, not a downward cycle. How many want to move forward? I want to move forward. Now, let's just take this for a moment. We're talking about a business. When you're an employee, you have a check-in and check-out mindset. Well, I'm going to punch in, and I'm going to punch out. And now I've checked out, I've punched out. Now, that, that's true. That's, that's a mindset that comes with being an employee. Now, when you become a Christian, you're not just looking at what you're doing on earth as what I can gain, what my profit is. You're, you're actually in a higher level. And so even if you are an employee, you're looking to do the very best on behalf of the Lord Jesus. But when you're, and, and you can take the employee mindset and you can bring it into what's called a union mindset. And under the union mindset, you have a continual thought pattern of contention and your rights versus your employer. And is my employer trying to do anything to me that I shouldn't have? And I got rights and I got protections. And you can find that sometimes under a union mindset, you spend more time trying to figure out what you ought to do and what you can't do than when you just go and do your job. Now, when you're born into the kingdom, you're not an employee. You're not under a union mindset, but you've become a shareholder. You have become part of the program. You have become part of the profits. You have become part of the net proceeds. That you, 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 you become, uh, you, you've moved into a level of participation. Because the Bible says, he hath made us partakers of his glory. We sing the song, Magnify the Lord. And there's a part, and he says, he'll give you everything. Whenever I think of that, it just puts me into a different thing. And I'm thinking, the little that I go through here, how great is what's over there compared to, and if I could let go of everything. See, I, I believe God predestinates us, but even under predestination, it's not going in with the mindset just by the skin of my teeth. How little do I have to do? How much can I get away with? See, that shows you're really not under the work of grace yet. And how much can I skirt around? How much, you know, do I really have to go that, be that fanatical? You know, yeah, I, it's, it's a good question. But when you fall in love with Jesus, it's, it's like, Lord, 
what would you have me to do? I'm here for you, Lord. I, I, I feel like that's a higher relationship. So we've moved into a shareholder relationship. We're born of the Spirit of God. We're, we're, he's made us partakers of the inheritance. And he's made us also stewards of the economy of God. Now we took this on, 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 on Wednesday about the governor governing our lives. But, but I, I, I'll come to the government yet. Because he's made us part of the government. I'm not, this is for a different service and a different train of thought. See, when we are, we are not just created, Satan was created. But even that creation, that part will be destroyed. Listen, sin is annihilated by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's gone. It disappears. But we are not just created we are begotten. We come from the loins of God. We, we always were a part of Him. We were an attribute. Therefore, we can no more be lost than God can be lost. Oh, what a great place to be. Brother Branham would say in the message, kinsman, redeemer, he would say, Oh, sons and daughters, who has more power before God? An angel? No. An angel is a servant. No, they're servants. But what are you? You are sons and daughters. Who has more power in heaven then? A sinner saved by grace or an archangel that's standing by his right side? Good question. Now your natural thinking will think, I'll just come up to the throne groveling, begging, pleading. No, that's a Catholic mentality. That, that's, that's where purgatory was born. And that's where, where all of these things came out of. No, when he redeemed us, it was redeemed to be forever with him. Redeemed back to our original status that we always had in him. He says, who has more power then? An archangel or a sinner saved by grace? The sinner saved by grace has more authority in heaven than an archangel without sin. Can you see this morning? Oh, friends, we ought to rejoice. We are not just slaves. We are sons and daughters. God has bought us a place. I want to start acting like a son and daughter. I want us to act like that. No, I, I'm, I am not of this world. And therefore, I'm projecting a course forward. Where maybe under a season, I was, I was under a tutor. I was under a bonds, bonds condition. But I'm moving into a state where God has always ordained for me. That is to begin to take over the family business. Because when he was in the world, he was the light of the world. But now we are the light of the world. Where is the Father's business now? Who has he got on earth now that he can take and put his hands on? Who can he commission to do something? Sons and daughters that are born by the Spirit of God. That are moved by the Spirit of God. And Brother Branham would go on to say, 
Now, you don't stand as a seraphim or a cherubim. You don't stand as an angel. But you stand as a redeemed son or daughter of God by this blood. You've got the blood of Jesus for a covering. And if you've got that blood, you honor God, you love God, you respect God, and God is the Word. And furthermore, when you're born of the Spirit, you're born into a body. And you're a part of that body, and you will have respect unto the body. Uh, I, the, 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 the pastor has respect for those that he's ministering to. It's, it, it, this is greater than he is. This is, this is God's children. And, and, and we all respect the places that we're all put to. And we recognize, oh, to be redeemed. To be a part of this economy. To be a part of the family business. What a, what a great place to be. You know, friends, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's ahead this year. I, I, I'm looking forward to the rapture. Yes, I am. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the body change. I am looking forward to what God will unveil and make more real to us. But I'm also looking forward to the promises we have that he has promised us even before we leave here. I am looking to see some of our loved ones come in. I am looking to see us claim back some of the land that the enemy has taken from us. I am looking to step on the head of the enemy that has come against us. And I'm not looking for every cancer and every sickness to have only one end. I am looking for God to have the final say. Before we leave, there's a portion that awaits us. And I am not looking just to be pushed into it. There's a tremendous quote that Brother Branham brings. And it's, we've read it often, we've heard it often. And it's from recognizing your day and its message. The church has not recognized her day. Israel, how did she get back in her land? She was just automatically put back there. National force put her in that place. Now, you look at how Israel operates. Now, instead of being progressive, and they are to a degree, they are taking their land, but they are having to respond to what happened on October 7th. I'm not looking for an October 7th or a 9-11 to come in our lives. But I am looking to step into the place before the enemy ever gets there. And now I'm not saying he's not going to try. He's going to do, he's going to come against us. But he is not part of my vision. He is not part of the program God has ordained. This is between God and the bride. This is, this is the enemy has no part in this. And if he does come against us, I'll say, thank God that he's allowed that, but it's not, it's not going to have a final hold on me. We're moving beyond the punching bag mentality. We are moving as sons and daughters of God. And he says, now, national force 
put Israel in her homeland. National force will put the church in the World Council of Churches. But no external forces. I'm interjecting this. But he says this, the power of God will put the people in the bride. Why? We are wired to a different sound. And he says now, he says the world forces this way, that way, but God forces upward. The Spirit of God, which is the Word of God, my Word is Spirit and life. That Word will put the bride in her place. She'll recognize her position in the Word. She's in Christ. That will put her in her place. No national force will do it. The national force drove Israel. It drives the World Council of Churches. But the power of God will raise the bride into glory. I'm saying, Lord, move me. Move us. Let me say, say a couple things that are on my heart. I feel we cannot stand still. I feel whatever condition you're in or I am in, I feel we need to take steps because we are moving into our inheritance. And I will say this, if you stand still, you're going to find yourself floundering. If you just think, I'll wait till California sinks and that will do something to me, you're going to find yourself floundering. If you're waiting for certain things, I say this, start getting in the Word and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm asking myself that. The ministers in this church are asking. I think as a church we're asking ourselves that. We're having Brother Jack come. He's, he's very engaged in the mission front. We've crossed paths, so we're doing that. And his church has also been very engaged in their local area. And I'm saying, I want to be engaged. How long have we sat here and I'm thinking about all the communities that are around Edmonton that have never heard? But we've got ministers here. We've got people that want to witness here. Let's be up and doing the Father's business. I'll tell you what, I have found, I have found that just going overseas, just stepping into a channel where I believe you, 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 you're doing something, uh, mission work with the Word of God, I have found that there is a pleasure of God that comes with that. There's a blessing that comes with that just by taking a step. And I say, if we take a step, Lord, we're our duty, what is it? To preach the gospel to every creature. Now that doesn't mean it has to be programs and just Brother Marshall's witnessing. I think it can be on our job. I think it can be in our school. I think it can be praying for things. But I also think we need to put legs to things. And if we have to have something that, that goes out, well, that'll be part of what we'll do. I also think we need to address what the enemy does in our, in our midst sometimes. On a family level. On a relationship level. And the Lord willing, we're going to do that. We're going to have a weekend in March. Brother Paul LaFontaine's going to come. I, I love Brother Paul. He's, he's a real pastor, I believe. And we're going to take just a time with, with families and a time with, with that kind of an influence because I believe it's necessary. Amen. There's things coming against us that we need to be wary of. Yes, Parents, we need to be wary of where our teenage children are at, where our young children are at. There's little influences that come in. And I, I see them and I say, God, help us. 
That we don't allow those just to become commonplace. Listen, we still need to preach against sin. We still need to preach against, as what Brother Bram would call, a clothesline religion. And when I see dresses coming up over the knees, when I see slits coming into dresses, and maybe the slits only carry up to the knees, but what do they do? They draw attention. Ask yourself the motive. The enemy will do all kinds of things and say, oh, it's all right, and we'll reason it out, and we'll do things. But we need to be listening to what the Holy Spirit says. And I'll tell you what, if you're listening to the narrative of the world and what your mind tells you, you will only, you'll miss the soul of the matter. And the soul of the matter is sometimes with a deep conviction, it will tell you that dress is too tight. Or it will tell a young man that hairstyle isn't quite right. I didn't even realize that rhymes. I was a poet and I didn't even know it. How about that? Listen, I'm... Uh, Just saying that I want to be more in touch with the Holy Spirit. I want to be more responsive to Him, not outside sources. I'm I'm, kind of off my notes here, but when COVID came, and I I was fellowshipping with a minister brother in the States, Brother Jason Watkins, and we just talked about what was coming, and he says, Brother Ed, he says, you mark my words. It's not the physical disease that you're going to have to watch, but it's the mental disease that follows this. And, and we had a recent engagement with the police officer and, and told us that since COVID came, the, the, the outbreak of mental breakdown in the world has increased on a level that is unparalleled. Don't think that the things that aren't coming aren't preparing the people for a tribulation mentality. But we are not going to a tribulation. I'm hearing a different sound. I am going to a higher place. I say, oh, God, wire us. Your voice still makes the difference. And it's, listen, when faith finds its bedding ground, no circumstance will be considered. Faith finds its bedding ground. Now, faith is potentially on the pages of the message. But our hearts aren't ready. And we can be listening, and it can be running off of us. But when we've cultivated our hearts, and now it it embeds in us, and it becomes our fabric, oh, there's something that moves us on a different level. That's where we need to go to. That's where I need to go to. That's when all things are possible. Where are we at here? Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. (coughs) If Jesus was 12 years old and he could be moved by a characteristic or a strain within him, I believe our young people can take a step higher. I believe our Sunday schools can take a step higher. I believe we can all take a step higher. Galatians 4 verse 1, I say, the heir, as long as he is a child. Now, 
Brother Moses, I know when you read this, you're reading it with the, the French background. And even Alexa has identified that there's certain things in your voice that are different. <laughs> but the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from the servant, though he be Lord of all. But he is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. I'm not a prophet. I don't even claim to be that I'm, I got some special insight. I don't. But I walk with God I, the best I can. And I don't know about you, but I feel like we're not in the same place we were a year ago. And I believe moving into this new year, we can't just adopt a mindset that says, well, let's see what will come. No, we need to be about the Father's business. And the Father's business is not just a three times a week thing. But it's, it, it starts to envelop your thought pattern. Now, I've, I've been in business for a while, and after a while you just learn that the business never really leaves you. And I'm, I'm making amends to try to leave it. And it. But I'm just saying is, it's the same way, even for many years while I was in business, I would prepare a service, but I'm thinking, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, and I always kept a notepad handy all week. And I'd write little things that the Lord would just bring to me. I've just learned that whenever I have an opportunity, stay in that channel. And now that sounds simple, but, but keep your heart open to whatever God will speak. Sometimes it happens, listen, it happened to the prophet when he was in the woods and he came across a cigarette pad. It might happen when you're with an unbeliever. It might happen as you're doing your daily devotional. It might happen as in your prayer life or something, but there's something that's, that God is, is, is moving, and he's gaining a greater foothold. Now, he will say, until the time appointed. We see the earth is groaning. They call it climate change. You know, I was, I was looking at all the things that are coming this next year. Just pardon me, I'll just come back to this in a moment. In April of this year, there's coming a solar eclipse. It's going right across North America. It's going to come from Mexico right across the United States into the eastern part of Canada. It's going to have a complete blackout through everything. Well, what does that mean, Brother Ed? I don't know, but the signs are in the heaven. And when there's a blackout... It's just telling that the light of God is not shining on that anymore. There are, a brother made me aware, we've talked about the U.S. election. Be prepared for the biggest turmoil you've ever seen in a United States election. They are saying that this may be the last election that will ever be fought on true democratic terms. Because the agendas, artificial intelligence, the narratives that are continually being projected by right or left. I, I took this chat thing and I says, give me a right-wing perspective of climate change. And I said, and I said give me a, a left-wing perspective, and it's exactly what you see. It's identified. You fit one or the other. They, hey, I, I, I'm fitting the one in between. 
the earth is groaning. And if the earth is groaning, there we ourselves are groaning. And what's it doing? It's longing for us to come and take control. It's longing for us. And listen, I don't know what's going to happen for farmers, for people that, that have occupations relative to the climate. I, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that we are more than conquerors. And I know in the adoption series, Brother Benham would say, oh, someone would come, my crops are burning. You have a right to speak under the adoption. I give you your crops. I'm telling you, we're going to need to exercise our sonship more and more. I give you your son. I give you your daughter. Where's that come from? That comes from sons moving into position. Now, if, if all of that's happening out there, and listen, the elections, if you really want to know, we have a, some good sources. We have a political correspondent here in our assembly who makes me aware of these things. But the world Earth's population is about 8 billion. 4 billion people this year will be undergoing election of their government. Half the earth. <laughs> wow. And, you know, I've got a brother who's planning a trip overseas. He's saying, I'm waiting till their election's over because usually during their election there's riots and all kinds of turmoil. Yeah, that's the earth we know. Don't look for things to get better. And I say, don't wait for those things Keep them in a fuzzy background, if I can say that. Don't try and search everything, figure everything out. Keep something else before you. Keep this before you. Read, read what the prophet said. Just, just go through the last number of messages in the last two months of us, and there are some profound things that go right back to our roots. And it says, the word found you. The seed germ found you. And it's bringing you to your place. Oh, friends, if we can see that. Yes, I came from somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Nothing will stop me. I've got to move forward. I looked at technology. I looked at the economic reset. I looked at software. I mean, I walked into a computer store over Boxing Day, and I'm looking at all the technology. I'm going, this is boggling my mind. It's too confusing. You can have cameras to detect movement. You can have camera. You can have technology to set the thermostat. Hey, we've even got a fridge. If you leave the door open, it rings on your phone. Well, thank the Lord I wired it to my son's phone because when I left the fridge open in the middle of the night, he's the one that woke up and went down and fixed it. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, it's beyond me. It's beyond you. Don't try and figure it out. You know what? Noah's message was too simple. This message is too simple. For the world. Oh, man. We, we, we had a rental car that we, we had two years ago, I think. Three years ago. You know, and, and it had like some, an automatic GPS. We got a free upgrade or something. I'm pressing an address for A. 
and it had A something, and, and it was, I didn't press in like the province, so now it's searching all the provinces and all the states in the U.S., starting with A, Alabama, and Alberta, and da, 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 just to find this, and it's going through it, searching, searching. I, I mean, it would have kept going for hours if I didn't stop the thing. Listen, there's things that are beyond, I, I don't want to try and figure it out. You know what? The pressure of these last days is the pressure of riches and soft living. Ah, you need a consultant or an expert for everything. I don't need to know everything. Just give me Jesus. Let me finish here. Even so, when we were, when we were children, under bonded in, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. So for a season... God's used this world as our training ground. And there's still trials that we're being trained by. We're trained by how we conduct relationships at work and how we interact with one another and and as parents to children and children to parents and husbands and wives. All of these things are part of our training. But it says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. I feel somewhere we are moving. I, I, I would like to think that some of the greenness is being baked out of us. I'd like to think that like a wheat field that when it comes to harvest and that stalk comes to harvest, it's still standing straight. But Brother Adam would tell us the law of nature, when it's really ripe, it starts to bow its head in humility. It's not projecting itself anymore. It's bowing to the maker that made it. I say, Lord, I, we need more humility. We need more love of God. We need more consider. We need more of the attributes of God in our midst. And he would say, and because you're sons, God sent forth the spirit of God, of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And he says, wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, uh, there's, there's, there's a whole number of services we can take on that, but I'm not going to go to that. But there's things that are coming, friends. Let me read this. Brother Andrew has referred to it in a recent service. It's been on my heart for a couple of, a couple of weeks, maybe a month or better. And you'll find it in the church age book. I don't know what's yet got to be fulfilled. But listen, listen to this. He talks about Israel used to have godly men like Washington, Lincoln. This is from spoken word as the original seed. Now they've got an Ahab on the throne with a Jezebel behind him to direct him. It's time, and in this country, that a person will appear, for it's the scripture, it's thus saith the Lord. In the latter reign there will come forth a Mount Carmel, a showdown, a Bible fulfilled to the letter. John the Baptist, the messenger before his face, he planted a former reign and was rejected by the denominations, the churches, the denominations, Jesus came and had a Mount Transfiguration showdown. The forerunner of this last days will sow for the former reign. Jesus will be the showdown between the denominations and the creeds, which is his word. And when it comes, it will be a showdown, the rapture of the bride. Now, there's coming a time, even like Israel, like 
what's holding the wrath of God back on America right now is their support for Israel. And, and the, in fact, the Secretary of State for Israel is now on his seventh trip to Israel. Shows how important this is. The President of the United States is losing political support continually because of his support for Israel. Pressure is building. And when they pull back, there's certain things that are going to start to happen. Now, I say that, that's Israel. They're coming to a place where they're not going to rely on foreign aid anymore. And, and when that comes, it's coming back to a three-and-a-half-year tribulation period where a Moses and Elijah must be on the scene. And I believe they are even there being prepared right now. I really believe that. So, now listen how Brother Branham says it. Elijah's behavior, we're coming to the same place for ourselves. Moses, John's behavior, leaving their field of service, many people didn't understand them. It was because they were rejected and the message, their message, the seeds had been sown. Now God's judgment was at hand. The planting is over. Now his next paragraph is this. I believe someday the real bride of Christ will be forced to stop preaching the word of God. The Bible prophesies it in Revelations 13, 16. Denominations will force it to stop. Why? They're being wired by one message. I, I, I plugged in some of these things. Explain the view of the Godhead by the nominal church world. I did it. Explain the view of the Godhead by William Branham. It did it. And it said he did this and this and this. And this following can't be fully, fully trusted because it's only to a select few followers of this movement. Hey, where are we going? The world is coming into one mind and one accord. I'll, I'll bring more on this yet because it's scary. And I'm saying this, don't get caught up with it. Don't get caught up in a message that has no soul. Because it's the conversations with the serpent again. But you come back to the one that has life in it. The Lord God. That's the only one that's got life in it. We're coming to that place. Listen, I've got to wind down my thoughts here. In conclusion, what am I being wired to? I'm going to leave that last scripture, Brother Dan. Let's just going to conclude it here today. There's lines that are being crossed every day. There's lines that were crossed in America in 1956, 1963. There's lines that were crossed when a Catholic president came. There's lines that were crossed with women's rights and voting. There was lines crossed in Canada when abortion came in. When gay rights were given just a recognition, just a recognition, what has it spiraled into? It's now you're being demanded to accept some of what they say and give them more than they deserve. It's being forced. It's a Sodom law. A Sodom law. It's become the law. These things are coming more and more. There's agendas that are continually coming into place. And I say, as Brother Branham would take in 1964, the symphony 
we have to see where we stand in the symphony. Let me, let me just read this last verse. I will read it, Brother Dan. Deuteronomy 2. And then we'll, set, we'll use this as a stage for the next service. Deuteronomy chapter 2. This is Moses speaking in the last month before Israel crosses into the land. Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea as the Lord spake to me, and we compassed Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, You have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward. Now, I've used this before, but I would like to say the cogs are moving slowly. We have gone in a circle long enough. We need to start thinking about who we are. We are no longer slaves. We are not under a slave mentality. We're not a punching bag. We are the children of God. And I say, Lord, let that permeate our thinking. Let us come and take the the word and say, Lord, this was spoken of me. I'm not going to wait for events. I'm going to take the scripture that was spoken of me. I'm going to embed it in my heart. That will move me. That's what moves God when we take him at his word. Now let's just take verse 4. Okay, so... At the time you're moving forward with this warning, verse 4. And I command thou the people, you are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir. They shall be afraid of you. Take good heed unto yourselves, therefore. Meddle not with them. For I will not give you of their land, not so much as a foot breadth, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. Now, you can read the rest of that chapter, but Moses takes a lot of time telling about the children of Lot, children, and he's saying, now you're going to go, but don't get caught up with this. And I've I've brought things from the outside, but I'm going to bring it in a little bit closer to home. I say that even within us, we need to hear his voice, not just the voices of those around us, But be careful to hear his voice. Don't be just influenced by what somebody is doing next to you, there, or over there. Be motivated because he's coming to you. Listen, that's where we need to hear, where we need to be in that place. Now, if you want to, listen to the podcast that the brothers just released. It's called Marching Orders. And I'm saying, these were marching orders that God was giving the children of Israel. Put some blinders on to the things that are beside you. Don't worry. The church, the denomination, there's good people in there. You know, but don't get caught up with it. And even within our ranks, you're going to find there's a natural spirit and there's a spirit. I'm not putting anybody out. I'm not putting anybody in. But I'm saying is, don't allow natural comfort zones to hold you back from spiritual growth. Be a leader. If you're a young person, be a leader. Don't wait for everybody to move at the same. Let God move you. Who knows if God wants to move one young person and it'll affect a whole bunch of people. Be a family. 
that says, hey, this is what the rest of the families are doing. These are the videos they're watching. No, we're not doing that in our house. We're moving a little higher. Listen, don't, don't, don't cast anybody off. Just start moving. You don't know what will happen once you start moving. We've got to be about the Father's business. What is the Sapphic musicians come? What is the Father's business? Vindicate. Malachi 4, verse 5. Vindicate. Revelations 10, 1 through 7. Vindicate. John 14, 12. The works that I do shall you do also, and greater than these shall you do. That needs to be in the body. It's not just back in the prophet. Listen, he was the light of the world. Now the bride is the light in this day. It's a reflection. The bride will be the final voice. You ever thought about that voice? It's not a voice that the the whole world's actually going to hear. But just like when Abraham crossed paths with the king of Gerir, he heard that voice because when when he started to transgress Abraham's inheritance, king of Egypt wanted to take Sarah for his wife. What? The voice of Abraham stood and God stopped and put a plague on that land. Read, Read Psalms 107 and read how, you know, they walked and as they walked in the way, kings, kings were stopped by by the things they heard whenever they crossed paths with the elect. Are you something special? Hey, I, 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 I was worse than the worst, but I cannot deny what God has made me and is making me. And I will not be arrogant about it. I will walk in humility and say, thank you, Lord. And I will conduct myself as a son and daughter of the king. But I will not be denied from what God has for us. And I will say, this is my inheritance. And my family's inheritance. And our church's inheritance. And this is what we need to step into. And I say, Lord, let it be according to your word. How many will agree with that? Let's stand together. I keep listening for a different sound. Hear about the wars, see famine in the land. There's questions in children's eyes, trouble in the east again. The whole world is shaking, don't your place to stand, and mournful sound.
and the 